so I almost wore jeans today to preach in because uh, of my message. You'll see why, but I just couldn't do it. It's not how I was raised. Uh, it doesn't mean that if you wear jeans at church that that's like worse. It's just like it was pounded in me that you dress the best or one of the better ways you can to uh, go to church. Like you just, it, like it was, like you gotta get, you, I, I remember how wonderful it was when my parents started letting me change clothes right after church. Because we would go out to my grandmother's house and we'd play and I, they would have dressed me in a turtleneck and it's just gross and it feels like, I'm quoting someone else here, but it feels like you're being strangled by a weak person and you're, like it's just, it's all, and ties are horrible as you get, it's cool when it's clip-ons and that's what my grandfather always wore, um, but whenever they're like, all right, here's a real one, you know, and they just, that's rough. But I was raised, you know, sometimes you wear a tie, wear khakis, wear, wear, you've got to wear. But, but you know what? Denim is sin, I was raised. Sinem, we call it. <laughs> that joke wasn't vetted, it just came in my mind and it came out of my mouth. It was good, don't blame me. If you can blame me. But there are, we, we have a tendency to think that the more cleaned up you are, the better you are. The more you've got, the more you, that people say, well, you clean up well, which is always like a sort of compliment. <laughs> like that's, that's essentially saying, you're usually dirty. <laughs> but we have, we have a way of thinking, well, it's just, if, if, if you can kind of at least appear to have it all together, then that's close enough. And we always said, maybe your mother said this to you, cleanliness is next to godliness. Maybe your, maybe your parents said, you got to go, you, you've, you've got to dress up. And sometimes the image is, if we can just, we can present ourselves to God in a good way. And the best way we have to, we have to do that is to dress nice. What about people who don't? own nice clothes. What have we been saying to them for years? What about people who, to go by, people who won't go to church because they, they just don't have it in the budget to buy khakis at Old Navy? What, what about those people we have created a cleanly hierarchy where people who, have, who, who look nice, we think that they're automatically good people. And people who look like they're struggling, we think, well, you know, they probably earned it. That is not the way of Jesus. And it's not, the, shouldn't be the way of the church. I love I love this church um, for a lot of reasons, but one of them uh, one of the reasons you don't know this one of the reasons we've grown over the past several years 
is uh, when people come in here, no matter what they're wearing, they can find someone who looks like them. Someone who's wearing what they're wearing. So if, if you come in wearing a suit, then there's probably someone going to be wearing something similar to a suit. Um, it might be one of those t-shirts that has a tux on it, but <laughs> you might have someone wearing a suit. And if you come in here, I, I had a friend of mine who got married. He met a girl in Antarctica and, uh, and then brought her home and married her. It's a long story, but just trust me, that's true. And he's an old country boy, wore overalls to church every Sunday morning. Well, the day after he got married, he wore his tux or his suit. He bought this nice suit and he wore it to church that Sunday morning. And some ladies came up to him like they do and said, oh, you look so nice. You should wear this every Sunday morning. Which, you know, it's like one of those, you, well, you clean up nice because it's like just commenting on what you usually don't do. I once preached a sermon when my lapel mic broke and I had to stand behind a pulpit, not this pulpit, but I had to stand behind the pulpit the whole time and speak. And a guy came up to me after the sermon. He goes, you know what? I love that sermon more than most. I like the way you stood behind the pulpit. And I said, my mic broke. That's the only reason it'll never happen again. Let's just get that out of the way. And people like to comment on what you haven't done. So they came, to, they came to him and they said, oh, you look so nice. You should wear this every Sunday. And, and we, I was standing next to him and I was like, yeah, he does look nice. Don't you wear this every Sunday. We need an overall person. That church is smaller. We were, we were, I mean, we had to be eclectic. We needed jeans people, and we needed suit people, and we needed overalls people, and we needed people who just, they came in what they had, but they were excited to come. We need that. But when we create a, when we say cleanliness is next to godliness, when we equate those, there's, an, there's a direction problem. Right? We think because we're cleaning up and sprucing up, we're godlying up. We're getting closer to God the more we look like someone who's close to God. And that's a disaster of a way of thinking. Jesus actually refutes this several times in, in his teachings. And actually, we're just going to focus on one today. Luke 16 says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, and lived in luxury every day. You know, like most of us. And so, that's a joke. But he, he, was, he, was a, he was so wealthy that his clothes looked different than everyone else's. Lived in luxury every day. This is Jesus speaking. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. Not at his gate housed a beggar. No, just... Someone put this guy there. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, at this point, you may think, well, at least he had a companion in dogs. That's not how dogs worked back then. Um, the dogs were probably wild dogs 
and we're probably at, you know, just sort of hinting at we're going to eat you later. Like that's what was ha- like that. What Jesus wasn't saying. Uh, the dog felt sorry for him. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying the dogs were a threat to his life, and he wasn't um, in good in a good condition at all. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. It's interesting to me here that the, the rich man still doesn't get it. Because his request isn't, can I have a drink of water? It's, can you send that person who's beneath me to serve me some water? He still had created this hierarchy of there are rich people and there are poor people. There are people who can afford nice clothes. There's people who can't afford nice clothes. And therefore, there's a structure and the people who are beneath me need to serve me. Send Lazarus, like, you know, we send people like him. Send him to get me a drink of water and please help him to relieve me from this agony. But Abraham replied, son, remember, That in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted comforted here, and you are in agony. Jesus does this a lot. The role reversal. The blind will see, and those who think they can see will be blind. The first will be last, and the last will be first. The rich will be poor, the poor will be rich. Those who were in comfort in life will be in agony in death. We are a comfortable people. Most of the people here are comfortable people. And the things that upset us the most usually are when people like us aren't, are losing control of the power structure. That bothers us. We want to be in control. We want things to go the right way. I want, I want people in my church who look like me, who dress like me, who sound like me. And the problem with growing that most churches have, most churches want to grow. They want to grow in number. But most churches have problems with growing because uh, all, of all the new people. Because when you grow, you have to add people. And when you add people, you're going to add weirdos. You are. That's why y'all hired one to kind of start that process. You're going to add people that aren't like you, that don't look like you, that don't have the same background, that don't even think like you. They're going to, they're going to say the, 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 the diff, different religious phrases. They're going, to, they're going to sound all Baptist-y. That's going to happen. And, and our, 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 our tendency is to kind of tap the brakes there and say, oh, 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 oh. Like we want to grow, but we want to grow with the right sort. That's not healthy. What God's doing for us is he's, he's allowing us to experience different types 
of people and let those let us know that we can learn from people who might we the world might say would be beneath or above us when we create that structure that hierarchy of of good people, healthy people, rich people, hard workers, all, all of that, and we create that hierarchy, and then there's, there's got to be people at the bottom, and we're never it. And we've got to get frustrated with the people at the top, because we're never it. But the direction of cleanliness is next to godliness assumes that we're doing the cleaning up. And that Lazarus Never got his act together. He was just a sick man who died poor and without a friend. He never, never got his act together. And he was only cleaned by his presence with God. We are not made godly by our cleanliness. We're not made godly by, our, by the way we dress. We're not made godly by, the, by, by being able to afford nice things. Actually, we can probably turn very ungodly by that sort of lifestyle. And it can flip us on our heads. We are made clean by our God. We are not made godly by how clean we are. I hear sometimes people say, I, I would have come to church, but I just got off work and I was disgusting. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever thought that? Come see us when you're disgusting. We want that. You know, don't sit right by us, but sit... <laughs> <laughs> no, but come see us. We want to see you. We, we, want to, we want to be a part of, of your life. And if part of your life is working really hard or, or not having enough, or we want to be a part of that life. Because we know that it is not our khaki pants that make us holy. It is not our button-up shirts or our ties. It is not the dresses or the jewelry. It is not the fancy clothes or the fine things. It is our God who makes us clean, not our clean that makes us like God. And so we are constantly looking for the poor, the people who do not have enough, the people who are hurting and listen, poor people and people who are hurting and people who have illness, they take work. People who are like us, we can just sort of go along. But Jesus says the roles reverse. Jesus said crazy things like it is, it, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. By world standards, most of us are rich. By global standards, we are wealthy. I have a house for my car. Did you know that? It's called a garage. 
one of the walls magically opens so I can just drive right in and stay out of the rain. How, I mean, can you imagine how crazy that sounds to most of the population of the world? Jim Gaskin talks about appetizers and dessert and our main course and says that must really confuse people who are starving. They'll say, oh, wow, is that your food? No, this is the food we get before our food. What about that? What's that? Well, that's the food we get after our food. Have you ever been to a Mexican restaurant that didn't serve you chips beforehand for free? You, you remember how indignant you felt? Like, what kind of establishment is this? We are, we are, we are served and we are wealthy and, we, it, and life is easy. And that's not because we're good. That's because we are lucky. We were born into a certain place, into a certain family. It's just luck. You weren't born in the Sudan. You're just lucky. People were. Philosophers call this moral luck. You were born into a place that made you into the person you were. And other people are born into a place that were... But God takes us all and gives us can and can make us clean through the blood of Jesus. We are all made clean by the blood of Jesus. Lazarus didn't do anything to deserve this that we know of. He thinks that he's worthless. And God thinks he's full of worth. He thinks that he's, that no one loves him. And God loves him. So one of the, one of the primary beliefs of the Christian tradition is that we need God to save us. That we need him. That we're down low and God picks us up because he loves us. But assuming that you are the, um, that you are a perfect picture and that God sort of owes you this, I've dressed properly, I've come to church every time the doors are open and it's a Sunday. I've done the right sorts of things. I've said I knew the right sorts of people. I dressed the proper way. That is so harmful to you. Because then you start to see God as sort of this person who gives you a thing that you couldn't do on your own, but it was pretty nice. You earned it. And you start to see others who don't look like you as people who aren't just are just, they're just not working as hard. If I were in his shoes, I'd get a job. A true. Actually, what you mean is, um, if he were in your shoes, he would get a job. By that, I mean, 
if he were raised by your parents and went to your school and you had your set of belief systems and had your church and had that support and had that sort of experience, life experience, yeah, you'd probably get a job. But if you had lived in that guy who's sitting on the street, if you had lived his life, were raised by his parents, had his friends in his neighborhood, in his school, there's a good shot you'd be sitting right there too. So we shouldn't see people in a structure, in a hierarchy, and say, well, they're worth it and they're not. Because God flips that on its head. And if you're moving up the ladder of success, if you're moving up the ladder of the world, you're moving down the ladder of God. Because God calls those who are weary and burdened and sick and poor to him and he gives them rest there. Listen, this is convicting to me because this is the way I grew up. I would much rather the way I just exist, the way... the the, the wonderful parents that I had just sort of say, well, because you, you are blessed and you are close to God, you are closer to God because you somehow have earned it through your experience. And because you can, because you own a belt. I was at a wedding one time where the guy, um, we, were, we were getting dressed and the guy said, I had to go buy a belt. And I thought, are you an alien? Who doesn't own a belt? He didn't own a belt. I own too many belts. One's just the whipping belt. Channeled the 1940s there for a second. Well, I, I just think, well, that person, who are you? They're not like me. That doesn't make them better or worse. Why do we have to assign value to people's positions in life? God doesn't because God sees us all where we are and lifts us all up to where he is. There is no one travels a greater distance. We are all lost and we are all found by God. We are all, we are all sinners and we are all saved by God. Khakis, jeans, shorts, suits. We are all saved by the same God. We all travel the same distance. And so if you are a Pharisee, you think you're closer. And if you're a sinner, you think you're further. And the message today is you are, you, we all need to travel that distance. We all need to be lifted up. And starting to dress in a suit or starting to wear jeans or whatever it is, that you start to do to make yourself closer to God won't get you any closer to God. You still need to be lifted up. You still need to experience the resurrection of God. You still need to join yourself in His death, burial, and resurrection. God, But God gives us that. Because He loves you. He loves you right where you sit. In that spot where you need to be lifted up. That's beautiful so whether you got purple linens on 
or your clothes are tattered and torn. You need to be lifted up. You need to be shown, you need to be made holy. You need to be made godly. And being clean just won't do that. Cleaning yourself won't do that. What we need, what you need, what I need is a God who makes us clean. Not a system that honors those who have riches more than those who have nothing. You need Jesus no matter how nice your clothes are. You need God no matter how clean you think you are. You need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. You need that this morning, which we all do. So if you want to celebrate being washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you need prayers as you live out that life, or if you want to start your journey and today be washed in the blood of the Lamb, be made clean, Please come forward while we stand and while we sing.